Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. This last few weeks, we've been in a series called Unlimited. We've been talking about unlimited vision, this vision that God has given Abraham. It's all through the life of Abraham that we've been talking, this vision that he's given him for the future. We talked about unlimited decisions. We talked about Abraham struggling with faith and doubt and that whole walk about him having a son. And then Josh talked last week about unlimited action, this, this motion that your faith requires, that you do something out of your faith for someone else. Tonight, we're talking about unlimited stewardship. And what that means, it's a, it's a bigger word, but stewardship means owning something, managing it, and using it for good. That's simply how it boils down. So, so I want you to hear that tonight. And I hope that you see that we manage, we steward things differently when we see their value. And Jesus, the one who gives you your life's value, also gives you the power and the purpose to live that life. I hope you see that tonight. We're going to pick up in Genesis chapter 12. And this is kind of like the prequel. So we've talked about uh, Abraham leaving his hometown. We've talked about him in that struggle of faith and doubt of having a son. We talked about his action of taking that son to be sacrificed, but then God actually giving a replacement sacrifice. That's a, that's a foreshadowing to Jesus and what he did for us. This is the prequel. This is before all that happens, something that's so easily read over in Scripture, something you could swipe right past, is one of the most significant moments of Abraham's story. And tonight I want you to see that he was deciding to steward his life, to do something with his life, to own it, to manage it, to be useful for other people, to be a blessing to other people. And here it is. This is Genesis chapter 12. It says, The Lord, the Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. Now this is basically God saying, Hey, you're going to leave your hometown. Like that's a big, that's a big thing, right? You're going to leave everything that ever gave you comfort. And I will make you into a great nation. And he says, and I go to the land that I will show you. So, so he's sending Abraham out, and he doesn't even know where he's going yet. He's just saying, start walking, and I'll lead you there. I'll make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. Do you see that if he stewards his life, if he steps into this, God is going to use it to help others for the sake of others. And it says, Abraham departed. Abraham departed. Tonight, I hope we can depart from our comfort zones and that we can step into a life of stewardship, the adventure that that is for the sake of others. I hope you see that tonight. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much for this opportunity. God, you've taught me so much through this message and through this lesson that um, I look at my life and I see the things that I don't steward well. And I'm convicted of that. And I pray for the student in here tonight that feels like their life has no value. Or they're confused on the value or where to get that value. And I pray tonight that they see that it's to Jesus. And that he is the ultimate, ultimate value giver. And I pray that that value drives us to steward our lives in a different way. That we see the things that we have, the gifts that you've given us, that would help others. I pray that you help us see that tonight. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So... So I think the thing that trips us up is that we don't, we don't necessarily steward things well sometimes. Sometimes we're bad owners of things. 
And I think that's where it all kind of gets off. We don't, we don't understand the value of things, so we treat them differently, right? And I want you to see that stewardship is, like I said, it's kind of a, it's kind of a fringy word, but all it means is you own something, you have something. Something is in your possession, and you're going to use it. You're going to take care of it. You're going to manage it. Good stewardship results in good things, okay? They're related to each other. That's like to be a good steward of your iPhone, you would take care of that iPhone. You would not be reckless with that iPhone. You would, you would hold that iPhone carefully when you carried it. You would use it for its purpose. And then you would, you would one day let it go into the, into the recycle bin of life, right? That's good stewardship, of your iPhone. Good stewardship of your money, that part-time job you have after school, whatever. It's not just for soda and tacos. It's not just for that. It's for that, but it's not just for tacos, right? It's, it's this idea of I'm going to steward my money and it's going to be for something. I'm going to save for my future. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless some people around me. I'm going to buy someone's lunch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add value to my friend's life. So that's good stewardship of your money. Good stewardship of your relationships, your friendships look like this. It's not just a self-centered thing. It's not always just about you. You're not just demanding the attention all the time, but that you're actually looking to other people and being a good steward of that relationship has you going, hey, how can I make them, their lives better? Hey, I, I realize I'm being a distraction at Element. Maybe I could be a good steward and let my friends who are sitting with me actually pay attention. That would be a good steward of your relationships. That would be stewarding friendships well. But in other cases, there are a lot of situations in life where we're just bad stewards of our stuff. We just treat our stuff poorly. I, I, I thought of this example back when I was in high school. That's when, like, cell phones became a thing. It kind of dates me a little bit. But I had to work all summer, save up my money, and buy a, that phone. It was just a, like a little flip phone, you know. And, and I got to high school, and I saw my friends, like, racing their phones across the floor, you ever seen your friend do something stupid with their phone? Yeah, so I could not believe it. They were like taking their phones and they were just going and just racing them across the floor to see who could hit the wall first. And I thought this thing, and for the people, my friends in the, in the crowd tonight who have saved up and paid for something themselves, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You, you see someone do something like that and you go, they didn't pay for that. There's no way they saved up and paid for that thing or they would not treat it that way. See, it's because they don't understand the value. They don't know the value of that thing. They didn't have to go through the work to see the value of that thing. So they, they're bad stewards of it. They're careless with it. They're reckless with it, right? The best example I could find of people being careless and reckless was this viral thing that happened back in 2015. Have you heard of the extreme iPhone pinch challenge? Do you remember that thing? Yeah. Okay. That is literally the worst example of stewardship ever. Like, super careless. They didn't care about the value of these things. Here, I just, I just put on a highlight reel so you guys could get a feel for this. Lincoln, Nebraska, shout out. That's the Capitol building. Nice. Tough guy. (laughs) 
Hey, here's an example of a terrible friend. Ready? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> These guys just don't even care. Look at this. So careless with this that he just decides, I'm the little brother, I'm just gonna drop mine too. They go, hey, I got a bonus round, bonus round. Fifth, fifth story, he's just hanging out, dug in, here we go. Oh, phone goes out the window. <laughs> and who has a friend like this? <laughs> Here's your second bonus round. Just taking some sweet video from the airplane. Oop, a little too much wind. Okay. So now we're falling to the earth. Watch this as the frame rate lines up with the amount of rotations and you hit like terminal velocity and all of a sudden the world becomes like 360 view. Okay, wait for it. It's coming in. Here it comes. Okay, we're kind of seeing the lapse of it. And there we go. You can see this 360 of the world that it's falling to. Okay, it looks like we're coming in on, a, on some land, a farm. Here we go. Thud. And it landed in a pig pen. <laughs> hey, publicly shame your friend that treats their iPhone like that right now. Just point at him. Say, that kid, that kid, that kid, that kid. So here's the thing. Man, that is a perfect example of people being not good stewards with the things that they have. Bad stewardship, right? Here's the thing about those iPhones, though. They're just iPhones. Some of us, some of the people in this room treat their lives that way. Some of the people in this room, they take this and they don't understand the value. They don't understand the concept of, of a thing having value and so they're careless with it. They're reckless with it. And maybe that's where you're at tonight. Maybe you're being kind of careless with your life. Maybe you're being kind of reckless with your life. I think that comes from us not understanding the value of things. I think that comes from not understanding that. And you look at Abraham, and we were trying to be good stewards of our lives, but sometimes we toss them out the window like that. Sometimes we make these decisions, these actions, these visions for our life, and they're just reckless. What if, what if we change that? What if, what if instead of being reckless and careless with your life, you became a good steward of your life? And you used it, you managed it, you own it for the sake of others. And you move forward in that. Here's what I want you to do. There are going to be some immature people in the crowd tonight who can't handle this, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you to rise to this level of maturity, but I understand not all of you can get there. So if you're that person that can't get there mature-wise, just be quiet for the next two minutes. But those who can get there, here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about the one thing. Go ahead and close your eyes. I want you to think about the one thing that you are good at, one gift that you've been given in life, one, one skill, one ability that you've been given in life that can be used for the sake of others. I want you to think of that. Think of that thing that could be used for the sake of others, that could help someone, that could be useful to someone else if you were to steward it properly. What's that one thing that you're good at that could be useful to someone else? Okay, I'm going to give you a minute. Turn to the person next to you and tell them your answer. Make sure you get to tell your answer and you listen to someone. What's the one thing you're good at that would be helpful to someone?
All right, 30 seconds left, so switch. What was the other person's thing? Maybe you were a good visitor. What's something you're good at that would be helpful to someone else? All right, 10 seconds left, wrap up the conversations. I wanna hear three answers that were given. Doesn't necessarily have to be your answers, just three answers that were given. What? Being funny? I love making people laugh. That's one. I like that. Over here. Being a leader. Leadership is so key in life. And using that ability for your strengths, awesome. To help someone else. Uh, back row, um, kind of white shirt on the top. Looks like you're, yeah. What's your answer? Kindness. Kindness would absolutely help someone. You're good at being kind. I like it. So here's what I want you to see. I want to change... I want to change the perspective you have on that thing, and I want to ask you this question. Why aren't you doing that? If you can think about it enough to tell someone else about it, why are you not using that to help someone else with it? Are you being a good steward of that gift? Are you stewarding that skill well? Are you, or are you treating it like an iPhone in the pinch challenge? Are you just being careless with it? Are you just being reckless with it? What if you actually engaged that thing? What if you actually were a good steward of that thing and used it? Why are you not using it? Imagine how different your world would be. I want you to watch these few examples of some of your peers, of things that they didn't know they were able to do, but instead they stewarded those gifts well and they did something about it. Take one, Nathan Clark. I grew up in the church. I didn't really think much of it because I was young. When I came to North Carolina, that was when I kind of like started growing up and maturing more. I started to have a very strong disliking for the church. What I would see was hypocrites, really. Everybody knew me as like a little bad kid. And the only reason I would go to church was to hang out with the few friends I did have in church. I would be a bad influence on them. I would get them out of class if we had the worst reputation in the church. Last year, we right before summer, we got a new youth pastor. First really big thing he did with us was move. I didn't really go for all the church stuff. I would just go to, it was kind of like a little vacation. When I went, he saw I had a negative influence on the group. And so he challenged me to be a positive influence. He really challenged me to become a leader. The last night of move was a really moving night, and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to take this next step and become a leader in my group. While I was at that move, I got this kingdom card. It said, teach four classes within your youth group. Me and Greg thought this could be like a baby step. The first time I taught, it was, it was nerve wracking. It was a lot of work that I planned it myself. I had to come up with my own story. I uh, taught about David and Goliath, and I kind of used my story as an example. It turned out really good. Now we have just started this leadership group. We kind of recruit people that want to be leaders, and we just talk about things that are going on in the church. And my relationship with God is so much stronger since I've gotten to know his church, and now I can serve his church in ways that I didn't think I could before. My name is Nathan, and I'm a kingdom worker. Speed, audio speed, camera A speed. Take one, Andy and Emily. 
Last year at MOVE, we were overwhelmed by God's call to do kingdom work. We were sitting in our dorm room, and we had just watched this kingdom worker video of a girl named Emily. She had made these little birds and sold them, and I remember it just amazed us so much that someone so young could do like such a great thing. And it was me, Erin, Lena, Bailey, Nicole, Amanda, Andrea, there's a bunch of us, um, Andy, Palmer, Chad, and Jake, and Allison, Kendall. <laughs> There's a lot of people. Um, and we were all sitting there, we were talking about it, and we were like, oh my gosh, we should so do this. We felt called to like raise money for like water wells in Africa. We named it Wells for Hope. For our first fundraiser, we decided to do a car wash, and we were there for probably like 12 hours, just washing cars. So after our first car wash, we raised $1,300, and we were so excited. We were like, oh my gosh, we're gonna build all these wells in Africa, and we're all excited. Um, so we planned a different fundraiser. Um, we did not promote it well. It did not go so well. I think we raised like, like five dollars. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got kind of discouraged after that. People didn't want to take us seriously really because we're a group of 15 year olds, you know, we're 12, 15 year olds trying to do something. We couldn't get our bank account set up because we're not a registered nonprofit. It was just, it was a huge struggle because we had all this money. It took a very long time and we almost lost uh, motivation to do things. Even after the kind of failed attempt at a fundraiser, we just really felt God's call and he just stayed with us through the whole thing and we kept meeting after church on Sundays and we decided to come up with our third fundraiser and it was really successful. We had like a ton of friends volunteer to help and we raised over $4,000 and I know counting the money was really cool because they could like actually make out checks to Wells for Hope. Wells for Hope in the future, uh, we're completely student-led, so we are sophomores right now. We're gonna try and keep going as much as we can. We're just gonna see how many we can make senior year and just where it takes us and where God wants us to go. You would've asked us last year if we'd be doing anything like this around this time. There's, I would've thought it was crazy. Like, I didn't think we'd ever be sitting here. Don't just feel discouraged because of your age or your network or your friends. Like Everyone can do something great. It's God, you know, God works through you and will find you a way if you just go for it. I'm Emily. I'm Andy. We're part of Wills for Hope. And, and we're Kingdom, Kingdom Workers. That's worth a clap. I'll go for it. I'll go for it. I'll go for it. Here's where I think we get caught up in, in not being good stewards of our life. This is where we get tripped up when we're trying to move forward in life. Um, using our lives, being good stewards of our lives to help change others' lives for the better is that we don't see the value of it. Now, hear me out. When, when they were dropping those iPhones, what was this, what, why was that so scary? Why was that so almost frustrating to watch? Because they didn't see the value of it. They didn't see the value in that thing. So they were, they were mistreating it. They weren't being good stewards of it. They were reckless with it. They were careless with it. And see, I think that when we don't understand the value of our lives, the value placed in our lives, we're careless with it. We're reckless with it. Those were just iPhones. What about your life? I want you to think for a second. What is the value of your life? And where do you get it from? Where do you get the value of your life from? I guarantee there's some people in this room tonight that feel like they don't have value. I also know that there's people in this life that know where their value comes from, but they're being careless with it. They're being reckless with it. I also know there's some people in this room that are dying to feel value. And here's where your value comes from. 
It is through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing. You were so valuable to God that he was willing to become human, which is such a step down from where he is, to come and to serve you, to look at you and say, you are so valuable to me. I love you so much that I will willingly get ripped to shreds and crucified and rise from the dead just to show you, just to save you and show you how much value your life has. Our lives collectively and your life and your life and your life, all the lives in here, how valuable it is. Can you think of anything else in creation that was so valuable that God died for it? Nothing is more valuable than your life. My life. Think about that for a second. And once you start to understand where your value comes from, you hold your life a little differently. Once you see the value that your life holds, you aren't so reckless with it. You aren't so careless with it. But rather, you could be a good steward with that and you could actually help people. Remember two weeks ago, we talked about that verse where Jesus is saying, hey, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. I'll take that burden off you. I'll switch you. Jesus is saying, I'll trade you those burdens. I'll give you value. I'll give you an infinite value. And I will take those burdens and I will give you one light burden and that is that you trust me. And that is that you follow me. And that is that you find your life in my life. And that we move forward together like that. Remember that switch. I want you to see where your value comes from. Because once you see where your value comes from, it changes the way you live. And whether you believe in this whole Jesus thing or not tonight, that doesn't change your value. Whether you're sure of this whole Jesus thing or not tonight, that doesn't change your value. Because God, regardless of what you think of him, died to give you that value. Do you see that? So why should we care about stewarding our lives and using them, owning them, and making them something that is good? that is useful for other people. Why should we do that? Because God gave you infinite value. How are you going to use it? How are you going to own it? How are you going to steward it? What kind of vision do you have for that value? What kind of decisions are you gonna make with that value? What kind of action is that gonna lead you to? Your natural second question should be, okay, so how do I do that? It's a great question. And Jesus is teaching in this chapter in John, and Jesus teaches in metaphor so our puny human brains could understand it somewhat. And I want you to follow this metaphor of Jesus being a vine, where all the life comes from, where all the value comes from, and that we are the branches, the receivers of the, that value. And as branches, we bear fruit which is the productivity of our life, the product of our life. Because what does fruit do? It nourishes people. It helps people. It feeds people. 
It's sweet. It's refreshing. That's what our lives should look like. Here's John chapter 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Here we go into this metaphor. Keep your eyes open to what Jesus is saying here. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. See, a lot of us get caught up in thinking God punishes us nowadays. He punished Jesus for every punishment that you deserve. That's what the cross was. He prunes. He does not bring bad into your life. God loves you. But in order for you to bear even more fruit, sometimes you have to go through a pruning process. You understand? So that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remember that switch you made, that trade you made. He said, I'm going to give you value, but I'm going to trade you, and you're going to receive this burden of trusting me. It's light and it's easy, but you've got to trust me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. If you think you can steward your life apart from Jesus, you are going to feel how difficult that is. If you are like me, you've tried, and it's very frustrating. And the kindness that you give almost seems pointless apart from Jesus. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. See, I am the vine and you are the branches. This is Jesus saying the same thing again. Do you think that's important? Nod your head if you think yes. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if you remain in me, I am in you, you will bear much fruit. Fruit that helps people. That nourishes people. That is good. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. See, Jesus did not die for you. Jesus did not sacrifice himself, lay low, get torn to shreds to take the punishment that you deserve just so you could be on the other side of that freedom and wither and die. How many of you are living your life like you're withering and you're dying? That is not what your freedom is for. You've got to steward that freedom. Because if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you will bear much fruit. Your life will be productive. People's lives would be better if you were around. Showing yourselves to be my disciples. Remember when we were talking about action. There's evidence of you actually believing what you say you believe. If you get one phrase from me tonight, this is it. If you get one thing, note takers, here it is. He that gives your life value gives you the power and the purpose to live that life. Jesus, the one that gives your life value, gives you purpose and power to live that life. Apart from that vine, you can do nothing. And I want you to see how much this is rooted in joy and in love. We tend to complicate things. We tend to think this is way harder than we could ever accomplish, but I want you to see how simplified this is. Jesus is saying, I'll trade you. Give me your burden. I will give you value, but you gotta trust me and you gotta follow me. 
He goes on to say, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. There is nothing that has received more value than your life on this earth, in this creation. Jesus is saying, do you see, can you get a glimpse at how much I love you? Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Listen to this part really close. Those of you who don't have joy right now in your life, that life feels like a living hell, and that the joy is just being sucked from you, and that you cannot grasp it no matter where you go, this might be your solution tonight. I've told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. Listen to me, I'm gonna preach. If you have replaced your vine that was once Jesus, and you have attached your branch, expecting fruit, you've attached your branch to football, you ain't gonna have joy. If you've attached your branch to show choir, the vine of show choir, someday you're not gonna be there anymore, and that vine isn't gonna provide. If you've attached your branch, your life, the thing you're supposed to be stewarding, to the what people think of you, the vine of other people's opinions, you will have no joy. Do you see that? Apart from this vine of Jesus Christ, your life will not have joy. But he promises, this is not my promise, this isn't just something that I came up with, this is the creator of the universe looking at you and saying, I give you value, I love you to death. And if you would just walk with me, you would feel all the joy that you were made for. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Listen to that, stewarding your life is for the sake of others. If we could just get over ourselves and quit being so selfish, if we could steward our lives and actually use this thing that has so much value, there's joy there. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because servants don't know what the master's business is. Instead, I've called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I gave you value. And appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. So your life would be productive. That there's evidence of you being attached to the vine of Jesus Christ that there is life in your veins. That so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Read that last verse again. This is my command, love each other. See, we try to, gosh, us humans, we just make things so complicated and try to make it an 18-step program and we gotta, we gotta figure it out and we gotta connect all the dots. Listen, if you don't get anything else out of this tonight, how you steward your life Jesus says to just focus on loving people like I love people and everything that comes with it. Trust God and love people. Steward your life to be something different. Quit being reckless and careless with the thing that I've pumped so much value into. Quit dangling it over the ledge carelessly because there is so much joy waiting for you. 
so much joy and so much love. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes one more time. Everybody just close your eyes. I want you to think of that one thing you said that you could do that would help someone else. I want you to think of that thing right now. Got it? Why aren't you using that? Just like Abraham had this moment where he departed and he said, no longer, he was not the only person on the planet, you guys. This was someone that God spoke to and he responded and he said, okay, I'm in. I'm gonna steward my life. And the earth was blessed because of his decision. Listen, at the end of, at this part in Genesis, it says, Abraham has grown old and God blessed him in every way tonight through being saved in your faith in Jesus Christ, you are blessed in every way. There is nothing on this earth that you need more than forgiveness for the junk that's been in your life, for the sin that's held you back, for the punishment that you deserve. There's nothing you need more than freedom from that. Not health, not popularity, not fame, not money. There is nothing you need more and it's free for you to grab, and it's alive and well. I want you to think of that one thing you said you could do for someone else. You got it? You have got to do something with that within the next week. Get over ourselves, get over yourself, and use that thing for someone else. And that is the first step you will take in stewarding your life. Say, here's my heart, God, it's yours. Here's my life. Do with it what you want. I'm connected to the vine that gives me life and I have joy and I have peace. I want you to think about that one thing. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.